0: Fantastic to be here with you today. Shay just finished up our first experience adventure. Uh, We call our, what some churches call uh, services, we call them experiences. The reason we do that, we actually have a mantra, we have a slogan that we use that the experience begins the minute that the turn signal is turned on to pull into our parking lot. Very similar to what you have here. Absolute privilege to be here. Shay will be speaking at one more experience while I'm here with you right now. And in light of that video that we just saw, every single day we have decisions to make every single day there's those voices and I'm confident that if we're open today to who Christ is who God is and that's why you're here today that God will speak and you will make wiser decisions as a result of being here today I'm energized I'm excited I'm glad that we are engaged with you in presenting the greatest message that can be presented. Not lukewarm news, not mediocre news, good news, the good news that people can have hope spiritually. Now, speaking of good news, if you're an MSU fan, that wasn't good news yesterday, was it? How many MSU fans do we have? Oh, wow. Was, that, was it always that way or is it just as a result of yesterday, all right? How about U of M fans? You feeling good? Whoa! Oh, the big M. All right, now before we get sidetracked at all, I want to share with you some good news that we had uh, a few weeks ago. Just like you here at Grumlaw, we regularly have baptism Uh, experiences baptism services as part of one of the elements in our experiences and a few weeks ago this is incredible listen to this age span that we had at venture I baptized a 14 year old girl and a 95 year old man Isn't that incredible? Incredible. Now, I want to add something to this. i got to add something to it. It's so incredible. Uh, uh, A few weeks before that, I went out into our lobby, and I went out, and this one gentleman who has been attending, the 95-year-old guy, his name's Bob. And I walked out, and he said, you know, I've been coming to this church for a while, and I found out he's a 25-year military marine veteran, uh, doctor of education, and he went just like this. He said, I know Jesus here but I don't know that I know him here. I looked right at him and I said, if you were to die today, tonight, tomorrow, do you know you'd go to heaven? He said, I hope so. I want it to be so. I looked right at him and I said, Bob, you haven't been born again. This was after our first experience. I said, you need to go to the experience today because it's designed for you. Having already experienced what I felt God was going to do and could do again in the second experience so after the second experience I come out go into the lobby I'm greeting people going all around I go up to Bob Bob with his 95 year old arm not the arm that he uses with his cane he goes like this he goes I'm going to heaven I'm going to heaven I'm going to heaven I'm going to heaven." what was incredible was is that Bob was baptized and I'll tell you a little bit more about that a little bit later What we like to say is this, and when we talk about radical living, it's this. Radical living changes lives, and a changed life changes another life. And today what I want to do is this unpack a story that has radical living changing life experiences in it and it's a story that comes out of the fourth gospel of the New Testament where we learn the most about Jesus and we can always learn about Jesus in the Old Testament in the New Testament because God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit three in one but where we really zero in on the life of Jesus is in the four Gospels Matthew Mark Luke Luke and John. Believe it or not, every one of those gospels have a different emphasis in them. And the fourth gospel, the gospel of John, lets us see a little bit of uh, Jesus's divinity. The fact that he is, in fact, deity. And in John 11, 1 through 44, and the reason that I'm putting this up on the screen, pull out your mobile devices right now, take a picture of that and, and, and so that you have it. And then this week on your YouVersion Bible, or if you read hard, cover. Take this out, read it, and what you'll find is, is that God will amplify this story in your life as a result of being here today. Now, let me tell you what the story is in John 11, 1 through 44. There are four main characters. You have Jesus. You have the one who they're saying, this guy's a little bit different. This guy is unique. His message may be very valid. You have Martha, Mary, and you have Lazarus. And it says in that passage of scripture right there that Jesus loved them. And we're gonna learn a lot about Jesus and his love for people and how love is not passive. Love is something that is put into action. Jesus learned that Lazarus was sick. And when he learned that Jesus was, I mean, that Lazarus was sick, Jesus said this He said, Let's go back and find him. The disciples have a meltdown. Whoa, 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 Jesus, we're kind of learning who you are, and you look at things a little bit differently than we do, but do you remember when we were back there where Lazarus was? They were going to stone us, and this wasn't like the new medical law, marijuana law here where you're going to get stoned or anything like that. They didn't have that. I'm glad that some of you caught that joke. But this was kind of like with stones, and then all of a sudden, they got word this. Lazarus, isn't it interesting? The sickness will not end in death. They thought he was just sick. And then they learned that Lazarus was dead. And then they go like this. Some of the, Jesus says, hey, um, let's go back. A couple of the disciples speak up again, and they go, no. uh, (laughs) They're they're going to stop. And finally, one guy goes, okay, let's just follow Jesus. We'll die, too. (laughs) We'll die. And then Jesus starts making some statements that are incredible. Your brother will rise. Here's one of the most profound verses found right here in this passage of Scripture. Jesus said, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. And anyone who believes in me will not die spiritually, but will have life. And there's emotion. People are crying. And then we get a glimpse of Jesus. Didn't see this. Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. I'm a runner, and sometimes that's the verse I quote often. Jesus wept. Jesus wept because I'm weeping. I'm in pain right now, that kind of thing, all right? And Jesus also said something in this. When you read this this week, he said, God's glory what does glory mean God's fame will be seen a multiplicity of times they go to the tomb Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days he says roll away the stone some people literally said whoa 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 don't move the stone away. it's gonna be whiffy roll the stone away Lazarus come out and he comes out and he lived Great story, right? Let's give that some applause, right? That's a good story. All right, you just got the Reader's Digest version, and then what's going to happen is is you're going to read that this week, and you'll get some more details, but there are some ideas that we can pull out of that story that will help us make decisions during this Thanksgiving week that will cause our life to be much healthier and more emotionally secure and confident. Now, there's a reason I'm saying and using the word idea, and it's this, because an idea is a thought or suggestion that, in fact, has possible direction course alterations. If you take these ideas today, I am confident that your life will take a different direction a positive step forward. Idea number one is this, love is action. Would you say that out loud with me? Now some would say, why do you why do you why do you, order, why do you have us repeating back things? Why 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 because this you can hear you can take in, but if you say this back with me, when someone this week says, hey, by the way, what did you do on Sunday? And you can tell them that you went out to eat. You can tell me you got your Christmas decorations together. For those of you who are overachievers, I went Christmas shopping, or something like that. Uh, or but you can say, I went to church. Yeah, hey, what was that like? Hey, I was at an at an athletic center and it was good. Hey, was there anything good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, they talked about God. No, it loved is what action. love is what action. love is action uh in other words jesus loved martha mary and lazarus john three sixteen. god himself jesus is god god is jesus for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes whoever believes life resurrection will have life for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That is action. Love isn't dormant. Love isn't idle. Love isn't in neutral. Love responds. Jesus loved Lazarus. He could have gotten emotional, but he said, let's go see, let's go back. I'm going to see Lazarus. By the way, Bob, Bob, when he was baptized, he could say, I'm a 95-year-old man. I'm a 95-year-old man. It's going to take too much work to get me into that tank. How am I going to handle my cane? How am I going to do the steps, by the way? On that same day, We baptized a 74-year-old woman and a guy in his late 50s, early 60s who didn't even have a leg. They didn't come up with excuses and say, we're too old, I don't have a leg. No, love is what? Love moves forward. Look what it says in John 13, 34 to 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. What does it say? Just as I have loved you, you should love each other your love for one another will what prove to the world that you are my disciples love is what love is what love is action that's why we say here at Grumlaw that's why we say adventure get involved in a life group get involved in a small group because in that life group you will have experiences that you won't know how to handle you'll need people to support you you'll need prayer in some area in the good times and the bad times you have a group of people who love one another and it's through that love that people see and they experience what you know because of Jesus and that the distinguishing factor prove to the world through the way we love people my parents were the epitome of this y'all even just even saying their name I get emotional my mom and my dad Joe and Marilyn I remember when Jeanette and I uh, were young in ministry we didn't have a lot of money I, I, I literally, we bought a house because I went into the guy and I said, I'll, I'll give you $500 down on a five-year land contract. Guy looked at me, he said, how much down? I said, man, that's all I've got. So if you want to negotiate this, it's, it's $500 down on a house. He looks at me, he goes, are you serious? I go, yeah. He goes, All right. <laughs> all right. We didn't have money and in this house, no furniture. One day, my mom calls up and says, Hey, you and Jeanette are gonna be home tonight? Uh, dad and I'd like to come by. I'm thinking, This is odd, you know? Yeah, but sure, yeah, come on over. Because it was just, it, it, we do things on Sundays. It, this is totally impromptu. And my mom and dad came over and they said, Hey, uh, we know you don't have a lot of furniture, and we just wanna help you out. And I want you to know that my mom and dad, it wasn't out of their excess. They went without and they said, if you just go to this one furniture store, we've put money into an account so you can buy some furniture. Love is action, it's not idle. It responds when the Spirit of God says respond. Idea number two is this love is willing to risk. Would you say that with me? Love is willing to risk. So love is A? Action. And love is willing to what? R? It's willing to risk. Um, it's, it's willing to step out. It's willing to step up. It's Listen to this. Love is willing to live courageously rather than comfortably. Can you imagine the disciples? We, you know, we, we're trusting this guy, Jesus, but they're going to stone us when we get back there. We could die. There was risk in the disciples following Jesus. Listen to me. There is a risk in you following Jesus and going with the promptings because some things that God may lead you to do may seem absurd to your family. But if they don't know Jesus or they don't know Jesus the way you know Jesus, then you have to take that step of faith. What is God prompting you to step out in? Some of you, I've already mentioned life groups here, and you you go, I've never been in a life group. I can't trust people. For you, that may be a risk. How about some of you, maybe gods you've got a big house. You have more house than you need, and maybe you should invite someone in to be a renter. Maybe some of you, you hear about the generosity moments here, and I'm not saying this to offend anybody. I'm really not, but there's a difference between tipping and tithing and taking that step of faith and giving more than you could imagine that you could ever give, and you go, but that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, God says he gets first, and then, it, by the way, it's all his anyway. It's not yours. He gave it to you to it, and how you and I manage it will determine how much more is given for us to manage. Are you willing to risk? Uh, years ago, I was in Chicago and I was with an organization called Campus Life, and uh, I was actually in the school. Have any of you seen the movie The Breakfast Club? Any of you seen that movie? Okay, The Breakfast Clubs, a few of you have. And um, uh, the school where I was uh, with a club called uh, Campus Life was at Maine North High School. And when Maine North High School shut down, Uh, A movie crew came in, a production company, and said, hey, hey, don't take anything out. We'll rent this school, and we want to do a major motion picture, and they did the Breakfast Club. But before that happened, there was a girl that was in our ministries, very similar to Young Life, Campus Life, Campus Life, Young Life, synonymous kind of uh, ministries in high schools with teenagers. And this one girl came up to me after one of our Campus Life meetings, and those are meetings where you introduce people to Christ, but you do it in a very contemporary way. You take kids on ski trips, trips to Florida, mud bowls, flag football, powder puff tea. I mean, it was incredible. And this one gal comes up to me, her name was Wendy. And Wendy says, uh, Can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, Sure. And we were in a house with one of our meetings. It was a big house. And so we just excused ourselves where we could still be seen, but went up into this other room where people couldn't hear us talk. And she said, Terry, you know, you've known me for a little bit. And she says, I have everything. Wendy was very attractive. Wendy was a cheerleader. Wendy came from a well to do family. And she said, I literally have everything. Anything I need, I have it. We go on vacation all the time. I go to places that other people will never see. She said, but something's missing in me. I have everything, but there's a hole in my life. And she said, I I think I need Jesus. And what she needed was what Bob needed. She knew Jesus here, but not Jesus here. And she just needed to ask Jesus to come into her life, and she did. When a person experiences Jesus, there begins to be radical change. Because if any man or woman be in Christ, there are a new creation, old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. She asked Christ to come into her life that night, and about three weeks later, I was in the cafeteria of Maine North High School. I was talking to some teens, that was permitted at the time, with some students. And all of a sudden, I saw Wendy come in. I'll never forget this, and that's obvious because I'm communicating it to you. She walked in, and there was a basketball game that night because she was in her uniform. And she walked in, tray of food, cheerleading uniform on, and she stops, and rather than going in the direction that she would normally sit with the most popular kids in the school, all the ones on state government football teams and stuff. In fact, when she paused, one of her girlfriends just said, hey, Wendy, we're over here. And she didn't go like this, like blow that person off. It was like, and then she took the risk. She walked to her right rather than to her left. She walked around a couple tables, and she sat down across from a girl who every single day ate by herself. This girl looked up like, who are you? She said, hi, my name's Wendy. What's your name? And the girl couldn't speak real clear, and she just said, my name is Michelle. She said, "Hi, Michelle. I was wondering if I could eat with you today." She goes, "You? <laughs> you eat with me today?" And Wendy said, "No, Michelle. I would love to eat with you every single day," and she did for the rest of the year. That is willing to risk. And that is love in action. And that's radical living where we step out. We step out because the Holy Spirit compels us to do things that we never thought we could do. Love is what? Love is not only action. Can I ask you something? Because God's speaking to you right now. Where are you going to risk this week? Who's that person that you don't want to see this week but you need to see this week because God brought you here today and he wants you to risk? Love is willing to risk. Oh, oh, oh. by the way, the third idea, I'll put it up in a second, it's not enough to know that love is action, willing to risk. Think about it now. God's speaking to you and not embrace idea number three. And idea number three is this. Love is willing to what? Follow through. Uh, Whatever it is that God's speaking to you about right now, and I don't know what it is, will you follow through? Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you need to reach out to somebody at work. Maybe you need to... Go and just befriend someone. Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Jesus wept. Uh, you see, it's not enough to be moved here at Rumlaw right now in Grand Blanc, Michigan. It's not enough to be prompted because Jesus could have wept. Jesus could have got emotional. Jesus could have said that he loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, but no, he followed through. There was a young man uh, years ago. Uh, I was at a camp speaking. And uh, um, we we had rented this camp. We had a bunch of teens there and everything. It was incredible. And um, to get a better rate with the camp, we decided that we would do the chores. We'd clean the restrooms, we did some of the cooking, we did some of the maintenance, and it helped with the price and everything. And uh, we noticed that there was this, um, the guys were not doing a good job of cleaning the restrooms. They just were not doing it. It was like it wasn't. So uh, one of our leaders got up and went like this and said, listen, basically guilt-tripped every guy in the room and said, if you love Jesus, you'll clean the urinals. (laughs) So then he goes like this. How many of you are willing to help clean up the restrooms? You see these guys go, like, okay, I guess if I love Jesus, I'm going to clean the tank. Okay. And so... I don't know. About two and a half hours later, I was going down to the beach. Decided I need to use the facilities, and I go in the, the this one guy's restroom, and it is a disaster—just a disaster. And um, of, I'm, I'm get, I, I, I am literally worked up, like I am going to roll some heads at the beach, and then I hear—I just hear. I go, what is that? So I go by the sinks, I go by the urinals, and it gets louder and louder, and I go to the very last stall, and I kind of look through the door, and I see this guy down on his hands and knees scrubbing the toilet. So I open it up, and I startle him. I go, hey, Sean, Sean, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm cleaning the toilets, man. I raised my hand a little reluctantly, and I don't know where the other guys are, but I said I would be here, so if it takes all afternoon, I'll clean the johns. I thought, there's a guy who will make a difference. But it didn't end there, because that night after I gave a talk, Sean came up to me, and he went like this, and he said, "Um, can I talk to you? I said, sure, Sean. I said, by the way, thanks for cleaning the Johns, and you'll have some more to reinforce. He goes, that's not why I'm here. He goes, I know my parents love me so much. He goes, God's been speaking to me. He goes, do you know that I don't even know if I've ever told my dad that I love him? He said, would you pray for me? He goes, the first thing I want to do when I get home is tell my dad I love him and I just want to hug him. I said, you got it, man. You don't have to do the Johns tomorrow. No, no, I didn't. (laughs) So uh, we're driving home. I'm driving the bus. At that time, I'm youth director. I'm speaker. I'm driving the bus. I just pull into the parking lot, we're going to drop the kids off, and I feel a hand on my shoulder. My first response is this, my first response is, get behind the yellow line! You know, know, now I'm wearing my, you know, my bus driver hat, you know? And I looked up and it was Sean. I didn't say a word. And Sean, I'm still driving five to seven miles per hour, he opens the door and jumps out. And I just see him streaking across the parking lot. I can't tell you what happened. But I tell you, when I parked the bus and I got out to unload the luggage, I saw a man with his arm around a boy named Sean. And you could tell that a grown man had cried his eyes out. cried his eyes out. And just as they were leaving, he went like this. He said, I don't know what happened at camp, but thank you. I found my son. Because Sean followed through. He didn't think about it at camp. How about you? Some of you, you, some of you right now, maybe... God's been speaking to you and you haven't told anybody and God's been challenging you maybe to uh, foster care a kid. Not even with the intention of adopting, but maybe God's spoken to you about adopting. Maybe God's spoken to you and said, um, for a Christmas year-end gift, God's already spoken to you about doing something that you never could imagine for your church, for for grandma. Maybe what you have is more than you need. You have a house bigger. Either start renting it out to people and let people come in or downsize so you can do more of what you want to do and not be in bondage. I don't know. I just know this. That at the beginning of this, I said that you have decisions to make and God would give you clarity. And if you know Jesus, love is what? A? F-t and love will always, the big R word? Risk. And whatever it is that God's speaking to you about, will you F-T follow through? What is it, F-T? Follow through. And now if you're sitting here and you go, I don't even understand what you're saying. That could be because you don't know Jesus and you need to have a born-again experience just like Bob and say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want a different way of thinking. I want a different way of living. And I want it for you. And then it'll make sense. So here's your opportunity for the week. Where will you risk this week? What is it that God is speaking to you about right now? And it'll be a risk because you don't even know the, income, uh, the outcome, but it's the right thing to do. And during this time, where has God prompted you to do something and you have a responsibility to follow through? I just close with this with this story. There's some people at Venture Church that are my heroes. Their names are Kurt and Christine Collins. You know why they're my heroes? Because they've done something that is totally unconventional and it's radical living. Right now, Kurt and Christine, they have three beautiful daughters, and I've had the privilege of marrying one of them, the only one that's married. All their kids are out of the house, three girls. And Kurt and Christine felt prompted to foster care, and then foster care led into adoption. And they have elementary age kids, and they've basically given up their entire retirement to raise two kids. That's radical living. (laughs) A lot of people say, well, I deserve it. I work. Now, what we deserve is to be in God's will and to follow him whatever he asks us to do and give up some things that we think are important because love is action, to follow him in the same footsteps that he did when he walked to a cross. He didn't deserve it, but he did it for you and me. And to be a follower of Jesus says, I'm going to love like Jesus loved, I'm going to risk like Jesus risked, and I'm going to follow through like Jesus followed through in all of the Gospels. I shared with confidence that I felt that today's conversation would help you and me be wiser, and I'm confident that is true if we'll risk and we'll follow through this week. Let's pray.